Curiosity is not a sin, Harry, but you should exercise caution. It's a pensive, very useful if, like me, you find your mind a wee bit stretched. It allows me to see once more things I've already seen. What you are looking at are memories. This file contains the most particular memory. I'd like you to see it, if you will. Hello, welcome to Into the Pensieve. I'm Esme Mulberry and I'm joined by Vicki Farmer. Today we are going to be talking about Harry Potter Book 4, The Goblet of Fire. Just so you know, we will be spoiling the end of the book and we may be referencing books before or afterwards. So if you haven't read the whole series, just listen to something else, please. And don't get mad at us if you listen and you haven't read them and we spoil it. Because, yeah. Okay, so... We start off the book, and Harry is doing his thing at the yeah. Dursleys. And then he gets the letter from Mrs. Weasley. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't understand, because if you don't remember, the letter is covered with stamps, and then it has, and in the letter says, do we put enough stamps on? And, like, why is Mr. Dursley mad at that? Shouldn't he not really care? Yeah, I mean, they're just spending extra money. He should be like, ha-ha, they're going to go broke, you know? Because, like, that just seems like the kind of thing he'd do. But it's funny. I don't think it's that. I think it's because he's embarrassed by the fact that, you know, the postman had to go up to the door and be like, ha-ha-ha. But it's not like he didn't send the letter. It's not like he did something. I think he felt as though the postman was kind of laughing at Mr. Dursley being like, you, you know have weird the, people yeah you know but like and so mr dursley felt kind of weird about that so i don't know so it's kind of weird to just have some random guy knock <laughs> on your door and yeah that's did they weird. not put the return address on because if it's filled with stamps they did because okay. it said that there was a or did they i know it said that there was like a square inch where they had the address to the dursleys i think they had the return address but that could be wrong yeah so anyways in the note, they are inviting Harry to come to the borough and watch the Quidditch World Cup, which I actually kind of find it surprising that, as poor as they are, Mr. Weasley is able to get all of his children tickets and get two of their friends well, okay, tickets. he didn't buy them, though. Ludo Bagman gave them I know, but still, him. there's probably some exchange of money. Probably not full price, but there's no way he just give him Maybe Mr. Weasley that many tickets for free. gambled with Ludo Bagman, since Ludo, the tickets didn't cost Ludo Bagman anything, he actually gave them to Mr. Weasley for once. I'm I don't seeing know. Mr. Weasley in a whole new light now. <laughs> Although I would think that um, Ludo Bagman would want Mr. Weasley to pay for the tickets because Ludo Bagman is in debt, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I don't think he's in debt before because afterwards. Oh, after, right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, also, it's kind of weird that Miss Weasley doesn't go because. I guess she just doesn't really like Quidditch. But why did Hermione go? Because Hermione's always talking about how much she doesn't like Quidditch. No, she just says that she doesn't like it because um, it causes tension between the houses. So she doesn't like oh. Hogwarts. She's not against the sport, but she doesn't like how people, all they talk mm. about is Quidditch and like how yeah. that's through life and junk. Yeah. So they go to the Quidditch Royal Cup and they're having fun and then the death eaters attack and yeah and then, then afterwards the death eaters attack by the way ireland ireland wins which is cool and um so then harry ron hermione well friend george and Ginny, 
run into the woods with them, but then they get separated. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione are in the woods, and it's nighttime, right? Because, yeah. Yeah, and then they and see the dark mark. Yeah, then this voice just screams out in the incantation, and it's like, why do you yell it out that draws attention <laughs> to yourself? Why well, can't you just whisper it and cast it? Well, for some reason, I think that wizards and witches seem to think that um, casting a spell loudly makes it more More powerful (laughs) guess that makes sense i don't know so then uh all of a sudden all these ministry witches and wizards come and they're all like "Eh, you three did something bad and they're like oh it wasn't us and they're like okay cool and then barty crouch who is this very high-ranking ministry official finds his house elf in the woods with harry's wand which he lost which is his fault he was not being very smart <laughs> and um then so winky gets clothes and now hermione is like mad because that's when she first starts to think like having the idea of how house elves are like ra- enslaved and like they're not being treated well yeah but i think i think that they let the that they let uh harry ron and hermione off a little too easily because like harry's wand was found and it had a sp- well he wasn't holding it like there's no way because they appeared right after he cast it so there's no way he could thrown into the woods put it in someone's hand and then gone back in time true maybe somehow winky was sort of working for him because like the ministry the ministry of magic they don't know like whether or not you know like it's whether or not you know because like okay so winky couldn't have cast it because she's a house elf and unless someone told her to spell that's why crouch is so mad because he's like people think that i taught her this and i'm an evil wizard but i'm not yeah but yeah so then they go Go back to hogwarts (laughs) i guess well, they go back to the burrow, but nothing happens there. Yeah, nothing really happens. And then they go back to Hogwarts, and the Triwizard Tournament is no announced. like before they go to Hogwarts. Like Percy mentions something, and Draco mentions something about how like there's something happening at Hogwarts. They don't um, really think about that that much because yeah, like, they think that it's they don't care. Yeah, because like people are always talking about this thing that's happening at Hogwarts, and they're just like, oh, it's probably no big deal, <laughs> you know. But it, it's like it is. everyone knows about it. So then um, they get to Hogwarts and Dumbledore addresses them after, yeah, I think after the feast. And he's like, so there's this thing called the Triwizard Tournament. And yeah, and um, we haven't done it in a hundred years because students <laughs> die apparently. And then um, he says that it's a tournament where two other schools compete well it's hogwarts and then two other schools and they're gonna hogwarts is gonna host it and uh the way you can enter there's a champion from each of them and the way you can enter is there's this cup cup that (laughs) is on fire and you can write your name on a slip and put it in but you can only you have to be 17 or older to put it in which i think makes sense yeah, but, like, what if you were going to turn 17 the day that the first task would happen? That would be sad. Yeah, because you'd be like, I could have been in this tournament. But you know what I would hate? Like, why would you want to enter? Because yeah, you could 
die. And I think it would be more fun to watch it, except for it would also be kind of boring because you can only see one task. Yeah, it's a terrible spectator sport. <laughs> it's just like, the well, we'll get to what the tasks are in a minute. So then at the night before Halloween, I believe. Well, like they people put their names in and stuff. Yeah. And then the night before Halloween... um. The two schools come, and it's Bobatons and Durmstrang, and they all have, um, like, students and stuff, and then they're headmasters. But do you know what's weird? What? Their headmasters are then gone for the whole year, so who's watching the school? Like, Well, I mean, like, Hogwarts has a deputy headmistress, so but maybe the other schools have deputy headmistresses and headmasters. I guess. But and that can just take over, because McGonagall's pretty capable of it, so... The others might be capable of it, too. I think that Durmstrang would have a fun time because Karkaroff wouldn't be there, who seems like a terrible headmaster. <laughs> yeah, he does. So then they start drawing names. And, oh, wait, before, there's this dude at Durmstrang who was apparently the seeker in the Quidditch Cup for Bulgaria, but he lost, so shame on him. <laughs> and then... um, They read the names from the cup and stuff and um there is the first one i think is the Durmstrang champion or is it bobatons i think think it's bobatons yeah it's bobatons and it's this girl named fleur and yeah yeah and then victor crumb is john yeah and and then cedric diggory he's the guy from bulgaria the bulgaria quidditch team Mm -hmm. and then cedric diggory and then there's only there's like three champions. Everyone's like, oh, we're done now. That was interesting. <laughs> but then a fourth name comes out of the cup, and everyone's like, wait, hold on, that's weird. And then, and then it's Harry, and yeah, yeah, and Harry acts all surprised as he is though. Yeah, but kinda. like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, um... Well, he should have seen it coming. I mean, three years in a row. Stuff has happened to uh, him. So, but like, this... Ha- so then, he should know notice a pattern and be like, Oh, I, I something's gonna happen to me this year. Maybe someone will try and enter me in the Triwizard Tournament to kill me. Like, well, he should have seen it coming. Well, maybe he's thinking that the weird thing that happens to him that year is the tournament. Even, th- even though he's not in it. Like, that... I don't... I don't know. Okay. Well... I don't know. So then, there are, he's fourteen at the time because he's in his fourth year, and there are, and then he kind of gets yelled at a little bit, and they're like, "Wait, did you put your name in?" And he's like, "No, I didn't because I couldn't have." I think so it's weird that it's able for someone who like to put their to put someone else's name in because then that's just weird because it's a binding contract. So if you're drawing, you have to enter. So then it's like. Yeah. Oh, there's this kind of weird. the question of why does like what is the binding magical contract? Because do you die? Because what's worth worse than having your life being at risk is almost uh. is like <laughs> either almost maybe dying or definitely dying. So it's like I don't know because that's just kind of like mean to the students to be like, oh, you can't back out now, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't have it be a binding contract. Just don't ma- try. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have it be a binding magical contract. It just... Yeah. So then... It's just a plot like, convenience to then Harry yeah. has to 
compete. So then they're like, well, Harry, since there's a magical contract, you kind of have to. And um, then they're like trying to figure out how his name got in. And then his new defense against the dark arts teacher, um, Mad-Eye Moody, is all like, well, a student probably didn't do it or it had to be a very advanced student because you'd have to use dark magic to do that. So then they're all kind of like, okay, we're not even going to try to figure out who used (laughs) dark magic (laughs) to put a 14-year-old's name into this tournament where you might die so yeah that's questionable yeah I how is there no investigation i think it's because dumbledore's kind of like yay we get to have another champion this means we'll definitely win because the odds are in our favor you know like i mm-hmm. think dumbledore wants harry to compete and it's not only because he wants because um uh um because what? he wants to win i it's also because he wants to see what the plan is, you know? Yeah. He's kind he's kind of sacrificing Harry for his own curiosity. Curiosity killed the Harry. <laughs> okay, so um then Harry then Ron is mad at Harry cuz he's like how did you put your name in? I wanted my name in too. And he's <laughs> like I did it and he's like, "Oh yeah, sure you did it." So then they're mad at each other and stuff. And then Hermione believes him though. And shockingly, I wouldn't have believed him. Yeah. And then they say that the first task is going to be a mystery, which kind of weird. So then one night, Hagrid's like, hey, I want to tell you something. I want to show you this thing tonight. So then Harry's like, okay, that could expel me, but that's cool. So then um, they go and he sees what the first task is and it's dragons there's one for each of them. But here's a weird thing. They're all different types. Wouldn't it be more fair if they were all the same? Because, like, they even say that the horntail is more deadly than the others. Like, why can't they all be horntails? Like, yeah, I would... It would be more fair. I would have them all be Welsh greens. Common Welsh greens? Yeah. Well, that, that the common's not an common. important part. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, it's not. No, it is. Because no, if they're <laughs> common Welsh greens... <laughs> Then, if one of them dies, it won't matter. Yeah, because, like, a student could kill the dragon. Well, do you get points off if you kill a dragon? If you kill the dragon? Cause you probably. Get po- you get points off if you crush the other eggs. Yeah, probably. But I don't think that would really go well. <laughs> yeah. Also, okay, so then Harry is trying to figure out how you get past the dragon. And Mad-Eye Moody pulls him aside, and he's like, what's your plan? And he says um i don't know (laughs) and he said okay what are your strengths and he's like i don't have any (laughs) and i always find that funny (laughs) because it is kind of true his only strength is his Voldemort connection yeah yeah and then he's like well i'm pretty good at flying and moody's like okay use your brain let's do something with that so then um harry learns a spell the asio spell which which he learned something. earlier in yeah. class so he should have been able to do it without the extra practice but for some reason he's terrible at learning spells in class yeah, and then it doesn't seem like that hard of a spell too yeah and then whenever hermione teaches them to him later he just yeah it's them. like when harry's in class he doesn't care if he learns it but then when he's doing something that's not in class he wants to yeah i think it's because he's always in a life and or death situation 
when he wants he's to. He's really a mucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then Harry learns it pretty much, but he hasn't done it from like where the arena is to the castle. So then he gets the horn tail for the task, which is supposedly the most dangerous dragon. Maybe you get more points if you. But then it's not the fair because yeah. like then you. I don't know. It's not fair. Yeah. And then, um, oh yeah, he goes into the arena thing, and the goal is to get this golden egg that the dragon is protecting. Well, there's multiple eggs, but one of them is golden. And so, Harry conjures his firebolt, and he gets on it, right? And he flies around the dragon's head to try to get it up in the air which he does do eventually but by the way in i don't know if it's like this in the books but in the movies they're on wooden stands and i'm guessing there's probably some kind of force field but that's still not very safe well they never mention what the stands are in the books yeah they don't but in the movies it's wooden and that's not very smart because fire burns up wood are the stands for the tribes of tournament are they the same stands that they use in the quidditch no because the arena for the first task is in the forest because harry says it's where the dragons were in the start oh so because then like people would have seen them moving the dragons from the forest to true the stadium and yeah so then harry gets the golden egg right and at the end, all the champions get the golden egg, and none of them die, thankfully. <laughs> so then, um, Harry actually gets a very high score from the judges. Surprisingly. Yeah. And he burns his arm, which is I think that, sad, uh, I what's his face? Karkaroff gave him the fairest score, because... Four? <laughs> yeah, because Harry was technically cheating. I think Karkaroff gives him four, Madame Maxine gives him eight... And Dumbledore gives him nine. nine. Ludo Bagman gives him ten. But what does Barty Crouch give him? It's either a nine or an eight, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, I think we should go with whatever Barty Crouch does, because Barty Crouch is obviously a very fair man. Yeah, he is. So, I yeah. don't know. I wouldn't trust what Dumbledore does, though, because it's obvious that Dumbledore I, is trying to get Harry past. I would trust him more than Karkaroff and Madame Maxine. Mm, I trust... I don't know. Okay, so, so then Ludo Bagman says, hey guys, those golden eggs open, and there's a clue to the next task in them. They're like, okay, that's cool. So then in they do a like party afterwards in the Gryffindor common room, and Ron is friends with Harry again. Just because Harry succeeded. Yeah, he's like, ooh, he's famous. <laughs> yeah, I bet friends with him again. I bet that if Harry had failed, he would have been, like, still mad at Harry. Oh, he Harry would have been, like... It was maybe dead if he failed, <laughs> so... <laughs> he I bet like, if Harry died, he probably wouldn't be mad at Harry anymore. Yeah, but I think if Harry, like, just didn't have a plan, it was like... Then Ron be like, wait, I didn't want to be in the tournament anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um... Or he would have been like, oh, I could have done better than Harry. <laughs> So then, at the party, someone says, open the egg. I think it's, like, Seamus or something. It could be Dean. So then he does, and there's just a bunch of screaming. And everyone tries to guess what it is, and no one's very successful. So then, soon after, Harry doesn't have the egg figured out. 
And Professor McGonagall announces that there's going to be this ball called the Yule Ball. And um, you have to be fourth year and older to attend, which I think that... It's unfair, but it makes sense. Yeah, because, like, you don't want, like, an 11-year-old there, because that's just kind of weird. <laughs> but I, weird. I think that... Uh, I think that they lowered the age because of Harry. Yeah. I think it would have been, I think it would. Like sixth and seventh years? Yeah, maybe fifth, but yeah. Because yeah. it would make more sense for it to be students who all know each other closer than that. Because, like, if it's a fourth, because if it's, like, seventh, sixth, and fourth, and fifth, then that's, like, just kind of weird. Because then that's. That's also, like, the majority of the school. So it must yeah. be really awkward for, like, first, second, and third years for like everyone else to be going off to this big ball that's like this huge thing and then they're just sitting there doing nothing uh, yeah and then i always feel bad for the first years because like i could probably see a fourth year asking out a third year or something like i guess that would make sense but there's no way a first year is going with anyone else yeah and i mean there's like a very very small chance that a second year could be asked out maybe but i don't know so then Harry and Ron are stressing about this because they want a good date, but they are too scared to ask them. And then one day they both say that they're going to come back with a date. And Harry asks this girl named Cho Chang who he likes and shows like, oh, I'm going to Cedric Diggory. So then Harry's all mopey and sad. And then, um, Ron asked Fleur, <laughs> and then he asked her, and then she ran away. And then um, Harry sees Lavender and Pravardi come in, and he says to Pravardi, "He's like, hey, do you want to go to the ball with me?" She's like, "Sure." So then he says, "Do you have some for Ron to go with?" And she's like, "My twin sister." So then they go to the ball, right? And they're excruciatingly mean to. Padma and Parvati because they're like just yeah, leaving them. They're clearly like nice people and what? Seamus said that they're the prettiest girls in the year so it's like they're clearly <laughs> what you want because Ron said he wanted a pretty girl yeah. and they're nice. And Well it's because Ron's too mopey about Hermione and then but what I don't Harry's get. Harry's too mopey about Cho. Yeah but what I don't get is um what like Ron doesn't need to have a date. Harry does though. Like yeah it doesn't Ron, if Ron comes without someone. Yeah, Ron could just. Well, maybe you have to have a date to get in. No, you don't, because Crab and Goal come and they don't have. Oh dates. right, okay, that'll be unfair. <laughs> yeah. So then, also Hermione goes with Victor Crumb, and then Ron and Hermione get in this huge fight. He's like, oh, "You're fraternizing with the enemy," and she's like, "The whole point is to make friends." And then, right after he makes up with Aries and a fight with Hermione, and it makes you wonder how they ever got married in the eighth. Yeah. And. Well, makes I don't you question everything. I don't count the eighth as a book. Neither do I. But yeah, they still get married in the epilogue. Yeah, that's epilogue. canon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, anyway, and then and then they hear that conversation between Hagrid and what's her face, Madame Maxime. Yeah, and they're in love. Yeah, why doesn't Harry crush that beetle? If he had, <laughs> like, all his problems would be over because. He's trying to distract himself with the beetle on the statue. Yeah, but he could have uh, distracted himself by, I don't know, seeing squished beetle guts. But that's so gross. Yeah, it actually kind of is. And then that would be murder because she's an actual human being. That's also kind of risky, but we'll get to 
this later because then we find out. But then he overhears the conversation and Hagrid's a half giant and they tell her why and she's like, oh, that makes sense. And then Harry doesn't really <laughs> care. Like he cares, but he doesn't like see Hagrid in a different way. But then Ron's like, <gasps> he's a terrible person. He doesn't say that, but he's kind of more skeptical of Hagrid. And yeah, it's like, even though he knows that Hagrid is a good person. Yeah, and it's like all of your other friends don't seem to care. It doesn't yeah, bother and them. and when Ron found out that Lupin was a werewolf, he didn't care as much as when he found out that Hagrid was a half-giant, so. Yeah. I would. I, I think werewolves are more and dangerous than And also, like, the thing is, is that they've known Hagrid for so long, so it shouldn't matter. Like, they've known him for four years. Yeah, and it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know. So then... Harry is still trying to figure out this egg clue. And then that article about Hagrid pops up where it says that he's a giant and then Hagrid is sad. And then Harry tries to figure out what the egg clue is, but he can't. And then Cedric comes over and he's like, take the egg and take a bath. And it's like... (laughs) I think like, that, that's not even helpful. Yeah, I think that uh, what Cedric should have said is go underwater with the egg and open the egg while you're underwater. That would have been much yeah, more like, useful. Yeah, like he didn't work out the clue for him or like tell him how to get past the thing. He just said, take a bath. Yeah, because ha- Harry told Cedric exactly what it was. He didn't give him a little hint like, but like he told go him go walk it- through a fire and you'll experience what a what the task is like but the other thing is is that harry said what it was but didn't tell him how to get past it cedric if he said how to figure out the clue he didn't solve the clue for him he didn't figure out how to get past it like he should i don't know he sh- he could have done better yeah but then again that would just make set harry look like i think it's because it's written that way because then Harry would look even more like he couldn't do anything, like he was incapable of it. Yeah. But then having him actually working out the clue sort of himself. Yeah. And that also gives the moment where Mad-Eye Moody takes the Marauder's map and... Yeah. Yeah. So then um, Cedric lets Harry use the prefix bathroom, which is weird. I don't know. So then Harry... It's a pretty good bathroom. Yeah. And then Harry goes there, and it's, like, swimming pool size, which is weird, because it's, like, okay, it's a bath, but there's clearly, sip- you can have multiple people in it, you so it's more like suit. a swimming pool. But it's, then you have soaps, then you can... It's just weird. Yeah. So then he's trying to figure it out, and he opens it out of water, and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> So then um, Moni Myrtle comes. Well, I mean, he could have seen, like, oh, I'm in water. <gasps> and that's the difference between what I've been doing. So maybe I should it's go like if you hold underwater. It above water, that will do something. So then Moni Myrtle comes up, and she's like, okay, this is what you do. So then Harry does it. And um, he hears this riddle. Well, it's not really real. It's a song. And he figures it out. Well, he goes to Hermione, and... He tells her the thing, and she's like, okay, well, because what, uh, what are no. the lines to this song? He's able to figure out that it's a mermaid in the bathtub. Oh, sorry, in the movies, he, Hermione figures out. Never oh. mind. Well, Hermione doesn't figure it out in the books. Yeah. And then um, 
yeah, he figures out that you have to go into the um, Black Lake and find the mermaids, and they'll have something of yours that you want back, and if you don't get it in an hour, you'll lose it. Yep, so then Harry has, like, a week to figure out what he's <laughs> going to do, and it's like, that took you long enough. So then, so looking through all these books, trying to find out how he can hold his breath underwater for an hour, but... Well, he doesn't need to do it for an hour. He can just go... But, like... They're safe then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what I would find actually funny is that if a champion swam out to the middle of the lake and had, like, a snorkel <laughs> and, um, like, goggles and then found them and then just dove straight down <laughs> and then <laughs> couldn't even get to, like, close to the bottom of the lake. And <laughs> that'd be funny. So then Harry wakes up and it's like 10 minutes to when the task is starting so and dobby's there and he's like okay dude this is what you have to do this is gillyweed and um eat it yeah eat it. <laughs> and so then that's what harry does yeah and he goes, he's like, the first one to get there but then he wastes time like a ton of time he's just yeah. standing there like if he actually wanted to save the other champions he could be like because didn't he remember because remember how he met he saw fleur was just standing there and she wasn't lining up with her other contestants mm-hmm. so then he could realize oh fleur's not coming so then he could have just taken ron and the person who he realized Gabrielle. was yeah because she looks like fleur so he could have been like oh that's probably fleur's person that she needs to save and then well cedric does say when he comes down that um fleur is coming oh because he, he comes down and he mouths, Fleur and Crumb are coming now. So he's like, oh, they're coming. And it's like, if you know that they're coming, then take leave. Ron and go. Yeah, but it's, it probably was kind of confusing for him because three people there were three people he knew. And so then he probably didn't know yeah, who like, was whose. I always found that weird. Like, what if there were, f- like, pe- like, all champions had friends that were the same somehow because like they all knew each other even though they didn't go to the same school or like they became friends but then so every single one of them were were their friends so then which one do you know is yours yeah like it what oh what would happen if you came in with the wrong champion you'd probably get points off for not realizing who meant most to you well you could say they're my friend (laughs) i don't know but I bet, well, Harry figured out because it wasn't that hard. Yeah, Harry Herm- could have been like, oh, because he knew that Victor Crumb went out with Hermione, and then he knew that uh, Victor Crumb went out with Cho, so he could have been like, oh, well, no one else knows Ron, so yeah. Ron's obviously And then mad. he doesn't know who Gabrielle is, but it looks like Fleur, so he's like, <laughs> I know that one. Um, is what, it kind of weird okay, that they're okay. all Hogwarts students except for Gabrielle? But what Harry, but what if uh, Ron was actually Fleur's person because she <laughs> was in love with ron actually and then somehow uh victor crom or cedric degree knew gabrielle and they really liked her as like kind of a sister person because she's pretty young then and then they thought that gabrielle was theirs so then they got gabrielle and then harry was like oh i like chelsea then she's obviously mine and then cedric was left with her mind yeah he's like i don't even know this girl <laughs> So then, but Cedric came down right after Harry, and then he was the first one to get back up. Yeah, he got, so Cedric grabs Cho and brings him back up. Crumb comes and gets her back up. 
You said I'm bringing him back up. Oh, oh, okay, okay, never mind. And then Cedric comes and gets Hermione, and yeah. And then Fleur's not coming, and Harry's dumb, and he's like, I'll just grab both of them. So then he gets Gabrielle and Ron, and he brings them up. And then he's way outside the time <laughs> limit of an hour. And then somehow everyone's like, oh, he was just saving them. So, so he gets second place. Because that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. I would have put him in last place. Like, I mean, sure, he did something noble. But he he heard he that. He also didn't do what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Because he heard that Fleur was coming. So he, he should have been like, oh, okay. Yeah. I and know. he knows that Fleur is older than him and more of a capable magical person than him you know mm-hmm. so yeah. he so i mean and they also give floor i don't remember what her score is but it's like reasonably high it's in it's like over half of the range of how much you can get um, maybe part of it is do you did you figure out i think she kind of figured out where they were figured out what it was and um she performed a charm to keep her underwater for that long but then she just was attacked by grindy Lowe, so yeah Harry was too, but because of his third year knowledge from Professor Lupin, he was able to make it out. Yeah. Which is kind of <laughs> convenient. So then, um, yeah, Harry and Cedric are tied for first. Crumb is in third, and Fleur's in last, which is sad. Yeah. And then it's pretty sad. Time just goes by, and then they learn about the third task, and then more time goes by, and well, also like more charms and stuff. That was very brief. <laughs> um, so recently, well, actually, let's go to this. Then one day, once upon a time, uh, little Bagman was like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna show you what the third task is." So they go to the Quidditch Stadium, and there are all these shrubs. And <laughs> there's like, what are we building here? And Crumb just goes, maze. One word. He's like, yup. So then, yeah. Okay, question. The maze is supposed to be really big, right? Because it's right. supposed to take a while, and it's supposed to be hard to get to the center. How big is the Quidditch Stadium? big i guess well i mean they're going on broomsticks so they obviously and so then they're going really fast so they probably need space but like how because there is some space that isn't the maze because there's a space where they like first go off in but like i think it's kind of weird how they take them actually to the maze and then they actually see the maze when it's really short so then you can just well you still have no idea what's in the maze you have no idea yeah well you don't know what's in the maze but you can just get past that but then you can figure out the the quickest route to the center and then you'll know where the center is well i guess it's so big that i don't think you can really tell but well so i don't think where they are they can tell where the center is why doesn't harry just go on a broomstick and then just g- hover over the th- maze and be like oh there's a center and oh, then yeah. just dive down to the center i think it's like i don't know he's not right yeah that's what i would have done but, but you probably get you probably couldn't do that yeah but he did it for the first task so he can do it for the s- mm-hmm. third so then the third task comes and I don't think Ron and Hermione are mad at each other anymore. 
and they go into their maze as they do because that's what they're supposed to do and um harry meets very few obstacles because barty crouch jr is blasting them out of his way mm-hmm. and also getting rid of the other contestants and yeah. then it's just Harry and Cedric, and then they make it to the end. And then Cedric gets there first, and then he's like, oh, you can go because but your leg is hurt, which doesn't make any sense. Because, you know, he hurt himself, so <laughs> he fairly lost, you know? I think if I were Cedric, I'd just be like, guess what? Taking it all for myself. Yeah, because well, it's... So then they both go over to Cup together, you know, because Cedric's a nice person, I guess. Which he's not. Yeah, he is. Well, I, I guess, mean, like, but, but he was just trying to be like, he's, like too nice for his own good. I think he was yeah. trying to compare himself to. He was trying to be like Harry. He was like, I can be as nice as Harry has been being in this tournament. You know? Yeah. He was trying to com- like realize because he was trying to because Harry probably saw him kind of. He probably thought that Harry saw him as kind of a mean person because he he probably felt bad about the water the mermaid thing because he didn't get any of the other people he only got joe so i don't know mm-hmm. so then they go to the graveyard and yeah, cedric is killed and the cup is a port key yeah and they go to the graveyard and peter Pettigrew is there with voldemort's tiny little body <laughs> and he kills cedric and then harry's like Ugh, why'd you kill him and then harry gets tied up and got a black cloth thing in his mouth, which is kind of disgusting. Oh, this is way from not making a commotion and screaming and like. Yeah, but it's still kind of gross because <laughs> Peter Pettigrew touched it, who's well, obviously a like gross person. I'd rather have that stuck stuffed in my mouth instead of dying. But yeah, okay. And then Harry brings no, the Voldemort back. Yes, he's then no, then Voldemort conjures all of his Death Eaters, and he's going no. Harry yeah. brings Voldemort oh, wait, no. back to life before the Death Eaters Never come. Mind. Sorry, because so, Voldemort doesn't want to be seen in that state. I guess it's Peter Pettigrew makes his really gross potion. That <laughs> it's water, Voldemort's gross body, Harry's blood, the bone of Voldemort's father, and uh, Peter Pettigrew's hand. Yeah, but also here's another question. So he just says flesh of the servant willingly given so like there's clearly no specific of how much you have to give like can he just cut off another finger or something and not his hand like yeah he's, like, he's already he lost that. one finger he or he could just go into his mother's house and take the finger there that's disgusting and i think <laughs> she buried that yeah probably because that was his mini coffee <laughs> <laughs> so then um Voldemort comes back to his body, but he's creepy and gross. Anyways, so yeah. And then the Death Eaters come, and he's going through them all, and he's like, "Oh, you said that you weren't loyal to me, and all that stuff." And then there's like gaps, and he's like, "Oh, and here is where these people should stand, or they're an ask ban, or they're too scared to come." And then he says that one of his Death Eaters is at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. He doesn't say the full name; he just says Hogwarts. So then. Which is Barty Crouch Jr. Well, we don't know that Yes, yet. we do. Not yet. He just says that he has a Death Eater at Hogwarts. Well, we can assume that it's not Snape, but... Well, he and thinks we know, we Snape. Know, but we know it's not... Well, okay, so Snape is obviously kind of like trying to uh, 
push himself away from that because Karkaroff's always like acting all scared. Then we know it's not Karkaroff because Karkaroff is being all scared about it. So then we know that he can't have done it because he was. Because Snape. Because you know. didn't he say that one has turned spy? When he's doing that, which would be Snape, one is too afraid to come, which is Karkaroff, and then one is faithful to him, Who and he will be rewarded. Yeah. yeah, but then he gets the and kiss. Then are, so then, then yeah. there are a few at um, in Azkaban who he said are loyal because instead of saying that they weren't connected to Voldemort, they said that they were, and they one of them's Bellatrix and her husband. husband. Yeah. So then. Harry and Voldemort duel, and Harry wins, of course. By luck. Yeah. And, and then, he sees imprints of people's souls. Yeah, he sees his parents, Cedric. That Frank. Um, <laughs> oh, what's her name? Uh, Bethilda. No, no, that's yeah, a different right, lady. Right, different uh, lady. Uh, Bertha Jorkins. There we are. I know it started with a B. So then... Um, Cedric's all like, oh, Harry, take my body back to my parents. So then Harry gets the cup, the Triwizard Cup, because that's the port key that brings him there. And then he grabs Cedric's body, and they go back, and everyone's like, Cedric is dead. And then they're all like, Harry killed him. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're all sad and stuff. And then... Harry apparently becomes temporarily blind, I guess. Because, like, when he's walking back up to the castle, someone he's like, I didn't... It's saying, like, he didn't know who was walking him up there. And it's like, can you not see? Well, are you blind? He probably just didn't know who it was, you know? Like, he probably wasn't paying attention. Yeah, but then he was trying to figure out who it was, and he's like, I could tell by the footsteps. And it's like... Or you can tell by turning your head to the <laughs> side and looking at them. <gasps> Maybe in a smarter way. Because eyes, I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah, so he obviously wasn't crying, which that would be funny if he was. He actually, I actually think he was. Makes well, sense. Yeah, because he, <laughs> because Cedric died, which is so then sad. he's talking and it's Madame Moody who's walking up to the castle and he's talking to him and Mad Eye's like I was the one who put your name in the goblet of fire so then um and then Harry's he finds out and Harry finds out that and he's, he's like Crouch Jr. and then he's like oh cool and he, then they use the air to see him and Barty Crouch Jr. confesses everything yeah and then that's yeah. a long talk <laughs> then Harry goes down to the hospital wing because I don't know why and then, um, doesn't, and then McGonagall comes in and she's all like, um, Cornelius Fudge went up there and he brought a death, a Dementor. And then the Dementor gave Barty Crouch the Dementor's kiss. So he's dead now. So then, well, not dead, but yeah, but like worse. Yeah. Than so dead. then they have no proof that Voldemort came back except for Harry's word. Which I always find dumb because, like, but like they it, can give Harry Veritaserum, like yeah, and they know, and they can use legilimency, but I don't think they want Dumbledore to because Dumbledore's yeah. probably the only one who can do legilimency in the room, other than Severus Snape, and they don't really trust anyone at Hogwarts. So anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah, um, they could have, uh, like I don't think uh, Cornelius Fudge would have believed 
Barty Crouch Jr. because he called Barty Crouch Jr. a raving lunatic, and he could have been like, oh, that's just what he thought was the truth, you or know? Or if you could bear to see him again. No, but it's not... Okay, so what they say... So, Veritas Serum doesn't make you tell, like, the actual facts. It's just what you think is the truth, you know? Like, because if you think that Voldemort's back, then that's what you'll say when you're under the Veritas Serum. But if you don't, but, like, if you don't think that, then you'll say that he's not back, you know? Because, like, if you were to put Cornelius Fudge under Veritas Serum, he would say that Voldemort's not back, even though that's not the truth. Because he yeah, would think that Voldemort not being back is the truth. They still kind of lost their proof. Yeah. You know, they still lost it. So that But it's not really proof. Dumbledore's all like, we need to assemble the Order of the Phoenix again. We didn't say Order of the Phoenix. He says something else. I don't remember. And then Sirius is there in dog form. And he's like, okay, Sirius, turn back into a man. So then... it's. I always find it weird because Mrs. Weasley yells out and she's like, oh, it's Sirius Black, the murderer. And it's like... Dumbledore trusts him, so yeah. Isn't well, that saying that in you the can sixth, trust him? Well, in the sixth book, you find out that his trustworthiness isn't always where it should be because he trusted Snape, and then Snape killed him. But then he the told him book, to kill him. But but then they don't know that though. But then in the seventh book, then Harry finds out. That yeah, but it actually is just because they think it's not doesn't mean. It. Yeah, yeah. So then, um. Yeah. And Harry goes back on the train and he wins the 10,000 galleons, which is a lot yeah, of Yeah, and then he gives them to Fred and George and, yeah, and tells them to buy new dress robes for Ron. And to make the Weasley's Wizard Weezes, which is their joke shop. And then, wait, I have a question real quick. Okay, so would Harry tell the Dursleys about what happened? Hogwarts? Uh, uh, probably not. He never tells them anything because, well, like, it, he told them about his godfather, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's not. I don't know. He's not really the type to talk <laughs> about his feelings. He probably so, didn't, and that's why he was all bottled up. And then that's why he yelled in the fifth book. I think that maybe if he shared more with the Dursleys, I think they'd like him better because yeah. they'd be like, "Oh, he cares about us enough to share his experiences with us." That makes sense. So that's the end of the book. And now we are going to do the awards for this book. Our first one is um, Best Teacher of the Year. And uh, we say this every time, but it is on how they are as a teacher and not how they are as a character. So we have Minerva McGonagall, Rubius Hagrid, Flitwick, and Sprout. I don't know how to say Flitwick's first name. Um, so I think McGonagall is actually really a good teacher in this one because she teaches them a lot of stuff because she's just a good teacher but also when Harry is practicing for the tasks for the third one at least she lets them use her classroom so like I think that's but Floic was the one who first introduced Harry to the summoning charm so then yeah. he knew to use it but I guess if uh but that was Barty, if Barty Crouch just said, "Oh, use the summoning charm to get the broom," then Hermione would probably know what the summoning charm was. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so that wasn't necessary. But then Flitwick was the one who taught Hermione how to do it. I don't think Hermione would be able to learn it out of book. Because oh, she could maybe. Because like she said that um, in the first. Oh, because she learned the book. spells from her books. Yeah, so maybe. 
doing it makes me so mad. I don't remember she says in the books, but in the movies, when Ron does like his fake spell thing on Scabber, she's like, "I've been practicing spells myself," and it's like, "How? It's underage magic. There's no way you could have." That always makes me mad. But Voldemort was able to channel his magic, and he didn't even know he had magic. No, but that like, that's not like with a wand magic. She said she'd been practicing spells. So like, um, yeah, because there's a difference. So I think it would be between McGonagall or Flitwick for that. I'd one. say McGonagall wins. Yeah, so would I. Yeah, good job, McGonagall. So the next one we had student of the year, but it kind of just changed to which is the best Hogwarts champion because those were the four we wrote down. And you, I'm guessing people would say Harry, but I don't think he does. Yeah, because he does. He's he gets helped in everything. Yeah, like. Even even the maze, like everything's blasted out of his way. But Cedric has like no help, and he was tortured he by Victor Crumb help. in the third. Well, like a small bit of help, but he was able to figure out the egg on his own, wasn't he? No. Oh no, Barty Crouch told him. But okay, that doesn't matter because he was able to get through the maze on his own, even though Victor Crumb tortured him. And he was the first one to make it to the Triwizard Cup. So yeah, and then but like Harry. In the first task, he was told about what it was. The second task, Cedric told him what it was. And Dobby told him how to, the, like, gillyweed thing. In the third task, Hermione helped him practice all that stuff. And um, Barty Crouch blasted, all like, almost all his obstacles out of the way. So Yeah, so it's Cedric Diggory. Because Cedric Diggory won. But then, uh, Victor Crumb could have probably done well if he wasn't put under the Imperius curse. Yeah. And I don't think Fleur would have done that well. She was attacked yes, by Grindy. Well. She was attacked by Grindy Low in the second task, and then she gave up after that. Well, so was Harry, but Harry was able to get past the Grindy Low. Yeah, barely. Yeah, but Fleur wasn't. So it's really funny in the movie. He's being like dragged down. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Cedric would win that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, for the best new character, we have Ludo Bagman, Barty Crouch Senior. Um, Igor Karkaroff and Madame Maxine. I'd say Barty Crouch Sr. I don't know. Because he's kind of... Because, like, the whole book is kind of about his family in a way, you know? Yeah, I guess. And he's pretty interesting. I mean, you know? Yeah. Do you think Bagman is kind of he's just kind of weird. (laughs) He is broke and then the way he's not broke is he bets and he gambles. Yeah, and then he gives and then he cheats in his And then he runs away from his problems. (laughs) Yeah, so he's not that great. Yeah, he's not. I'd probably say Barty Crouch, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Karkov is killed, right? Like later on in the books? Yeah, isn't he killed in like the fifth book? Fifth or sixth. Because, like, they were like, oh, I'm surprised he I think it's sixth, though, because they don't kill many people. Yeah, because they were like, oh, he, I'm surprised he was able to last a whole year. Yeah, I think it's sixth. And yeah, then... He actually did pretty well hiding from Voldemort. He's yeah. a pretty good wizard. No, but I don't think Voldemort wanted to, like, kill a lot of people, like, until he came out in the open. Yeah, but I think Karkaroff was already hiding. But, like, in the fifth book, he probably ran I know, but, like, people would have... He's the headmaster of a school. Like, they probably were trying to find him, and then if they did, they could probably figure out how long ago he died. You know. True. So, I don't know. And then for 
So, do we think it's Bertie Crouch? Yeah, definitely. So then we have um, best villain. We have Peter Pettigrew, Bertie Crouch Jr., Lord Voldemort, and Lucius Malfoy. We did Lucius Malfoy because there wasn't really anything else. Well, Lucius Malfoy's not that villainous in this book. Yeah. And Peter Pettigrew is very villainous. I mean, he disturbs, yeah. a, he disturbs a grave and then he takes like, blood from a 14-year-old. <laughs> he kills a 17-year-old and then he cuts off his hand for his master. And he makes his master not come back to life, but like return to his body. Is that what you would yeah, say? Yeah, because he's I just guess. a soul, I guess. Yeah, I know. Peter Pettigrew was pretty evil in that book. Uh, but also... Barty Crouch Jr. was pretty good. But it was but so weird. Uh, um, I kind of understand why Voldemort would choose that offense against the dark arts teacher for where his death would be because it's a new teacher to the school. So, like, it just, yeah, people don't really, like, question it that much. But the weird thing is, is that Barty Crouch Jr. goes, like, above and beyond to train his students against the dark arts like can he just be a bad teacher but he kind of has to follow his character you know because he has to pretend to be mad eye moody yeah but like he teaches harry how to throw off the imperious curse which yeah and then that kind of which voldemort uses on him and it's like you are taking away one of your master's weapons against his enemy so yeah i found that kind of weird but barty crush jr is still like even though he was told how to do all these things he's only slipped up one time throughout him trying to get harry in the trouser tournament and it he took harry away after the task and then he told harry what it was so like if he hadn't done that he would have been successful and yeah he wouldn't have been yeah why did he even tell harry yeah like what was his goal like harry's gonna tell dumbledore yeah maybe well he was he tried to kill harry and then why is no one like mad i like that would that's kind of a dumb move and then uh so dumb so barty cross jr tried to kill harry and then dumbledore came in just as madame moody was killing harry and then he dumbledore had figured it out but the thing is, is that's kind of a dumb move because if everyone sees you taking Harry away, then Harry is dead. Yeah, it's like, who kills it? Well, he would have already escaped to his master, I bet. Probably, but yeah. still. It's, yeah. So I think that Bertie Crouch Jr. would win that one? Yeah, maybe. I think he would. Huzzah for him. <laughs> um, next we have the best magical creature. And we have um, Blast and its Scroots, which I think are really dangerous, but also kind of cool. The Sphinx, which would be fun to play with because they would tell you riddles. The Mermaids, which are creepy. And the Dragons, which are dangerous. I think that the Sphinx is pretty cool. Yeah, the Sphinx is awesome. Yeah, but She gives a really good riddle, and Harry... There are three parts of the riddle, and Harry figures out the two harder parts if only ron wasn't his friend then harry wouldn't have made it past the actually the first part isn't that hard yeah if i I figured out the first and second part i'd probably be able to do it yeah but like i think if he hadn't experienced the second year he wouldn't have been able to figure it out because it didn't mention something like about a basilisk like running away from it or something like that i can't remember because the riddle is um First, tell me someone who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets and tells not but lies. 
Then tell me what is the last thing to mend, the middle of middle and end of end. Finally, tell me the sound often heard in the search for a hard-to-find word. Now string them together and answer me this. What is a creature you be unwilling to kiss? And it's like, the last part, I probably wouldn't get. Yeah. The middle part is the easiest one. Because, like, when you think of it, it might sound complicated and weird, but it's not a full, like, answer word. It's not a word to answer that part. It's, like, a part of a word. Mm Mm-hmm. And it could just be a single letter. So you think the last thing in mend is D. The middle letter, middle is D. The end letter of end is D. So it's like you can kind of figure it out. And then the first one, he, I think I could probably figure it out because it's like spy or imposter. And then spy and then D, I'd probably be like, oh, it's a spider because it's a creature. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It would take me a while, but Why I could probably figure that Harry, out. Harry, like, though he didn't really need the third part because like if you have the spy spider. and the d then you're just like oh spy. spider you yeah. know like spied <laughs> i like how i like how he figures out the last one on accident you yeah. know he's like and he's like oh, that's a sound <laughs> if only he'd said um he wouldn't have figured it out <laughs> okay so where were we um yeah i'd say the sphinx wins but but the Sphinx is the, the last one. Screws are really cool. Yeah, they are. But at the same time, they're illegal. <laughs> Probably, most I, likely. I think the the Sphinx is cooler, though. Yeah. So the Sphinx wins. Okay. I want to pet Sphinx. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would. Thank you for listening to Into the Pensieve. Next time we will be talking about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix.